you, Sean, and all the music ministers up here. They do a great job. Thank you. Well, I started off, I had my morning sermon done about Thursday, and then I worked on another sermon, and I got, I thought, most of the way done with it. And I got up this morning. I usually get up early in the morning and go over my sermon one more time. And and I sat down in my big chair that I sat in. And uh, boy, the Lord just said, I think you need to switch your morning and your evening sermon. And I was like, I don't even know if that one's done yet or not. And uh, he said, that's okay. I'll We'll figure it out. So anyway, this is what I was going to preach tonight. But uh, I felt like felt like it was for today. I don't know why, but I do. So here we go. Let's all stand and honor God's word. We're going to be in John chapter 6. This is when Jesus walks on water. And uh, we're going to begin reading with verse 16. Let's read together. This is my Bible, the living word of God. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. This word is the truth, never changes, and can never be destroyed. Right now, my mind is alert. My heart is open. I'm about to receive a life-changing experience. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. We're going to be reading, begin reading John chapter 6, verses 16 through 21. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. But now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. If you read in the other gospels here, it says that in Matthew and Mark, it's the same story. And Matthew and Mark says that Jesus made them go. He told them to go. Uh, they, were, they were doing exactly what Jesus had asked them to do. Actually, in, in Matthew and Mark, it, it sounds like he was very specific that this is what they were supposed to do, and they were, they were following him. But now it was dark, and Jesus was, had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed three or three and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were terrified. But he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were headed. In the the other ones, it talks about that he could see them, even though he wasn't on the water yet. It says where he was, he could see them them and, and I'm talking about a lot of different things today that weren't in actually this John scripture, but they all tell the same story. Jesus made them get in the boat, he sees them from afar, he goes to them, and then he is near them. Let's pray. Father, today I pray that your Holy Spirit would just speak to us. Father, I pray that you would encourage the hearts of your church this morning. I feel like we just need to know you're there that you're close by, that you're with us, and that you're, you haven't forgotten us. And Father, I know that there are many here who are hurting today, and you know every situation. You know what's going on in everybody's home and everybody's house with their jobs, their kids, and their money, and everything. Father, you know all things. And Father, today, I pray that you would just help us to know that you're close and you're near to us and speak to our hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We're talking about we're following Jesus, the road to radical resurrection. 
And we see and we're following the miracles that Jesus did. And, and if I ask you if you wanted a miracle, I think that everybody would probably say yes. There was always people that were with Jesus and they were always looking for miracles. But this is one thing that happens. Everybody wants a miracle, but nobody wants to be in the position where you need one. Do you ever think about that? Everybody wants a miracle, but nobody wants to need a miracle. And sometimes God, following God puts us in a place where we need a miracle. There's hardly ever a story about a follower of Jesus who, who didn't have something go wrong in their life. If you listen and follow all through the Old Testament, through the New Testament, everybody who is following God, nearly always at some time in their life, there's a hard place where they have to sit back and just follow God. I was reading, a, uh, one of the writers was talking about the Old Testament, and he said the Old Testament, the sign that God was with you was prosperity. If you see in the Old Testament, Abraham, God blessed him with, uh, with uh, lots of possessions, and the, and the sign that God was with him was possessions. But the sign that you are with God in the New Testament is persecution, we don't see people with lots of things. We see people being persecuted for following Jesus. And we're living in the New Testament. And so following God may not always mean that we are prospering. But if you're following God, I guarantee you, you will face persecution at some time. If you look at Paul, the greatest writer in the, in the Bible, probably with all the things he wrote, he always needed miracles. He was always in need of a miracle. Why was that? Because he was following Jesus. And when you follow Jesus, there's going to be times when you need a miracle. And we think, boy, wouldn't it have been great to see all the things that Paul saw? Well, it might be, but when you think about it, maybe not. Do you want to go to prison so that Jesus can break you out? I don't. Do you want to be in a shipwreck so that Jesus can keep you from drowning? I don't. Uh, Paul was, was beaten with snakes. No, I mean, he was bitten by snakes. He, was, he, got, he got bit by a snake. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't think they beat him. I don't think they beat him with a snake, but that'd be bad too. He got bit by a snake and he, and he survived that. It was a snake that should have killed him and he, and he survived that. He was, he was beaten. He was stoned. He got stoned with rocks, not the other kind of stone that we, you know, you have to have to say everything different nowadays because every word means something different. Paul didn't get stoned. He got stoned with rocks and, and they thought he was dead. But because he followed Jesus, he went through all of these things. And here's the deal. Following Jesus will lead you into a storm. I promise you that. And the disciples were doing just what Jesus had told him and the, uh, told them to do. And the object of this trip was not transportation, it was education. Jesus wanted to teach them something. Jesus wanted to teach them that in the midst of the storm, I am always close by and I am near. Storms on the Sea of Galilee are not a rare thing. We had the wonderful opportunity to, to go and, and visit the Sea of Galilee and uh, Cindy and I, they had a boat that was supposed to be sort of like the boats that uh, they would have had at that time. And, and they took us out into the Sea of Galilee, and it's just like a really, really big lake. And while we were on the water, the water was just as calm as it could be. And we were going through there, and we landed and got to the other side where we was getting off at. 
And we were doing, we were going through uh, Paul, uh, Peter's house and, and looking at different things. And, and uh, as we were driving back, we looked out onto the Sea of Galilee and the waves were like about this tall. And it had just been like 30 minutes earlier. And they say that when the temperature rises and things change, all of a sudden the Sea of Galilee can become very, I wouldn't have wanted to have been out there in the boat. And it was very quickly. And this is what happened. And I certainly wouldn't want to be out there at night while this was happening. And life changes quickly, doesn't it? You ever notice that some moment you'll be going along and everything will be going right and then you go and make a trip to the doctor and in one moment his words change everything. Or in one moment there's an accident or in one moment you were well and then in the next day you're sick or, or at one moment you you're, have a job and at the next moment it's gone. And that's the way life is. In a moment things change and in a moment you're in a storm and boom, there you are. Life changes suddenly. And here they are. They're in the fourth watch of the night. It's the darkest part of the night and it's rough water. And, and rough water is bad enough during the day, but you certainly wouldn't want to be in rough water at night. And you can't see anything and it's awful and they're being tossed about. But if you look in Matthew chapter 6, verse 48, it says that Jesus sees them. Well, how in the world could Jesus see them? The word says that they were three to three and a half miles out into the, into the water. I was reading about this particular miracle and, and uh, the person that was writing it says that the curvature of the earth is such that you can only see a little over three miles in the daytime because then the earth curves. And uh, I was thinking about that and I thought, Boy, even in, a, even, in a good, even in good daylight, it would be hard for Jesus to see them. But it's the darkest time of the night and the wind is blowing and everything's going on and the word says that Jesus sees them. Well, how did he see them? I don't know, but how did he see Nathaniel under the tree? He told Nathaniel, I saw you under the tree. He can see us. He knows what's going on in our lives. He, he is there. And Jesus saw them. Jesus sees them in their time of trouble. Jesus sees you in your time of trouble. No matter what you've got going on, no matter what is facing you, Jesus sees and knows. And he sees them there and he told, and he is, and they are there because he told them to be. Jesus sees them in their trouble in the dark and he walks to them. You ever feel like Jesus must not see me? You ever feel like Jesus doesn't see what's going on in your life? You ever say to God, hey, do you, do you see what's going on here? I don't know, maybe none of you have ever done that, but I have. I've been like, are you watching? Are you watching my channel? Things are falling apart here. Do you ever, are you watching? And this is where the disciples are, and they, they don't know where Jesus is. But the word says that he sees them, and he knows what's going on. But have you been at the other place where you wonder if God's there at all? Anybody been there? Just because you can't see Jesus doesn't mean that he doesn't see you. And the truth is, he may be on the way. They couldn't see him coming. But Jesus was on the way. Uh, they say that a normal person can walk three miles an hour. 
I can walk about one and a half. My wife can walk about five. That's the way she rolls. She, if you ever, if I can tell her walk through everybody walking on that tile out there, it's just, it's just clippity clop, clippity clop, clippity clop, clippity clop. Everybody else is just and I'm boom, boom, boom. And she's clippity clop, clippity clop, clippity clop. She's fast. She walks fast. She'll outwalk me. I'll be taking as long strides as I can and she'll still outwalk me because I'm slow and fat. But anyway, so Jesus takes out walking. If he was walking like a normal man and Jesus was a normal man, but I don't know what, how walking on water, if that speeds you up or slows you down, but let's say it probably took him about an hour to get there. But the waves are high. You ever tried to walk in high, high waves? You ever, go down to the, you ever go down to the beach when the waves are about this high? You try to walk out there, they'll, they'll slow you down. You keep walking. Jesus was walking on water, but he was getting pummeled by the waves. Jesus was getting wet. All right? And Jesus walked out to them. And one of the things I want you to remember this morning is when it looks bad and it looks like nobody hears you, Jesus isn't around, stick with the last thing Jesus told you to do. What was the last thing Jesus told them to do? Get to the other side. Keep rowing. Keep rowing. Stay with it. Matthew and Mark both said that Jesus made them get in the boat. Jesus was adamant about them going. He had something he wanted to teach them during this time. And that is what Jesus told them to do. They were still doing what Jesus told them to do when he showed up. Don't you want to be there? Don't you want to be at the place where you're still doing what Jesus told you to do, the last thing you heard from him? Lots of times it gets rough and it gets hard and we just say, I don't want to play anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And we quit. And who knows that Jesus could have been right on the way. He could have been right on the way and been getting ready to reach down in our lives and bring a miracle up, but we just quit too quick. I've been praying for someone for so long. I've been praying and praying and praying and, and, and I've been praying and, and I don't hear anything. I'm just going to quit. What's the last thing Jesus told you to do? Well, pray for him. Well, keep praying. You say, well, pastor, you don't understand. It's been years and years and years keep praying. Always do the last thing that God told you and keep doing it. And I guarantee you that this was not the plan of the disciples when they took off. It was not their desire. I don't think it's anybody's desire to be out in rough water in the middle of the night. I don't like rough water in the middle of the day. Cindy and I went, went up to Truman Lake and my boat is only 15 feet long. It's not very long at all. And it's not made for big water at all. And we got up there and was fishing. Well, the wind kicked up. And I was up on the front, and I'm pretty heavy on the front. I should probably, I don't know where, I should probably not be in the boat is really what I shouldn't be. But I was up on the front running, trying to run the trolling motor, you know. And one of them waves came up big and went down. And it kind of came over the top there and got my feet all wet. And I was like, this ain't good. And so we took off, and it's just bang, 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 and it just beats you to death. And that's in, a, that's in a somewhat modern boat. Can you imagine these guys? Their boat was probably about the same year as mine. Mine's a 1978, and it's, they're probably in a 1970. It's about the same. No. But can you imagine? You're in the, mo- you're in the middle of the dark. I don't like running down a lake in the middle of the dark. 
I don't. I'm not good at it. I'm always, I went with Ken Bennett one night, and I just had my head in my... We're rolling down Stockton. He goes, oh, I know where I'm at. <laughs> oh, Lord, please, Jesus, help me to get home safe. Oh, I mean, people, if they know where they're going, I guess. But these guys, they're, they're out in the middle. They don't have a GPS. They don't have a compass. They're paddling, trying to keep going, and the winds are blowing and blowing and blowing. And it's the middle of the night. And after a while, I think they would probably be getting wondering, what's going on here? And the word says that we're supposed to stay the course. Keep going with the last thing that Jesus told you to do. It's hard to believe but they were, do you understand this? They were exactly where they were supposed to be. You say, man, that looks like a mess. They were still exactly where they're supposed to be. We, we tend to think that if we're not in comfort, that that's a sign that we're not where we're supposed to be. Sometimes when you're in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the night, you're right where you're supposed to be, even when it doesn't feel like it. Comfort is not a sign that we are where we're supposed to be. God has to teach us things, and sometimes he has to teach us in the storm. And that's exactly where we're supposed to be. Everybody wants a miracle, but no one wants to be in a situation where you need one. Fourth thing I want to talk about is Jesus may not come like you think. Usually Jesus doesn't come and fix things like we think he ought to. We always have in our mind, well, if Jesus would just do this, this, and this, and then it would be just fine. Before Jesus does anything, we we're told that, that God, uh, before he comes and shows up, we're, we're told that he looks and he sees them, and then, we, then he walks out there, and, and you're like, well, why did he do that? I don't know. I don't know. You know, uh, God may have a different plan than what we do. God may have a better plan than what we do. He could have he calmed the sea from the shore. We know he could do that. He could have calmed the sea and walked out there on calm ground, but he didn't. He walked in the midst of the storm with them. He could have had a wind blow and just blew them where they needed to go, to where they didn't have to, to, to paddle at all, but that's not what he did because there was something about that storm that he wanted to teach them in. I think lots of times we think that, that Jesus does everything from far off. I want you to know this morning that Jesus was in the midst of it. Jesus is soaking wet, walking through the storm. The water's blowing on him, and they see him from afar, and Jesus gets right in there with them. And I want you to know this morning, Jesus can crawl in the midst of whatever you're doing and be right there with you this morning. Do you understand that? That Jesus says, I'm coming. I'm with you. You're in the storm, but I'm with you too. I'm here. I'm in the midst of it. And Jesus does that for us. He is not the far off God who just looks and manipulates. He is the God who comes to earth that walks with his people and walks through the storm with us this morning. And if you're in the midst of the storm, I want you to know that Jesus is right there with you. He feels your hurt. He feels your pain. He felt the wind. He felt the waves. He was wet. He was getting blown on. He knew what was going on. He, oh, this helps me. 
He feels what you are feeling. He hurts when you hurt. He's joyful when you're joyful. He is with you in the midst of your pain. He is with you in the midst of your sickness. He is with you in the pain of life. He is with you even when you can't see what is going on. They didn't see him the whole time, but he was with them. He was with them. It's something that only a few people saw. Sometimes the miracle is just for you. Isn't that neat? Sometimes the miracle is just for you and your family. I, I would think, see, I would do everything wrong. But I think if I was Jesus, well, I had all them people out there that I just fed. I had, you know, it says he just fed, the, this was right after he fed the 5,000 which was more like 20,000 people because it didn't count women and children. If I was Jesus, I would have said, hey, watch this. Calm the sea. I can walk all the way across. You ever have someone say, I think I can swim across the lake and back. Jesus would go, I can walk across and back. I would have said, hey, hey, look at me. You wondered who I am. Watch this. Jesus doesn't do that. You don't know how humble, you know how humble Jesus is. He doesn't show off, but he shows himself to those who have gone where he has asked them to go. And he shows who he is. We would have put it on the Facebook. We'd had a poll out there with a selfie. Watch this. Look, real water. Watch this. Put it on the YouTube or whatever. And, And that's what we would have done. But Jesus is so humble. He doesn't seek to be the center of our attention. He just seeks to get our attention. He wants us to be, to, to know that he cares about us. The first miracle was something that he, that he did just so a few people would know. We had a miracle the other night. I don't know if Sherry Herrera is here. But she said her and Joe Don and Isabella was in the car. And they came up over a hill and there was a, a stoplight there. And so as they were coming up to the stoplight, she said she doesn't know why. We know why now. But she said, Joe Don said, I'm going to go over in this lane. And just as he, there's a car behind them. Just as he pulls out, that car hits the car that was in front of them. I mean, just like, like that. Smashed the whole truck bed up where if it would have been Isabella, she'd have been in the back just completely smashed because she was asleep in the third seat. That's a little miracle, isn't it? It was just for them. I shared it with everybody. Probably shouldn't have, but I did. Man, that's, you know what? Their family will always have that. You remember the night that we were on the road? The disciples always had that night. You remember that night we were out on the Sea of Galilee and Jesus walked to us. Remember that night in the midst of the storm, Jesus walked and took care of us. Sometimes God does miracles just for us. And it's in the storms and in the hard times and in the struggles when you really need a miracle is that when you really get to know who Jesus is. Don't you want to know who Jesus is? We have kind of our, in the last, in the, in, in, since I've been a kid even, we've made Jesus into this meek and mild person that in real life he would be so boring, someone who would talk softly and and he never loses his temper and never gets upset and never raises his voice and is never strong or anything like that. 
As I have been studying, watching Jesus go to the cross, sometimes we make him out to be like Mr. Rogers. And I know I'm old, and most people don't know who Mr. Rogers is. Mr. Rogers was a guy, he'd, he'd walk into his house with a suit coat on, and he'd walk, he'd go, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Beautiful day for a neighbor. He'd sing this stupid song. And then he'd take off his suit coat, and he'd put on a sweater. Who wears a sweater? But that's kind of what, and then he'd go, can you be my neighbor? And he'd talk like that. And that's what we've turned Jesus into. Comes walking across the water. Oh, I got a little wet there. <laughs> Seems a little, little blowy outside there. What you, what's like for the wind to blow down? If you could just not blow so hard there and hurting my, hurting my disciples there. It sounds like George W. Bush, but anyway, <laughs> we turned him into, we turned him into this, into this guy that's so meek and mild that. You know, if he'd have been that way, the Jews would have never killed him. They would have never killed him because he didn't, he didn't buck them. He wouldn't have bucked them on anything. He bucked them on everything. He was up in their face. Hey, why are you doing this for? When they brought the lady to be stoned, he goes, "Mm -mm, not on my watch. He was up in their face. He walks, he strolls into the temple and knocks down all the tables and he's got a whip in his hand. He's crazy. What are you doing? This is my temple. It ain't going to be like this. If he just walked in and went, hello, neighbor, (laughs) they would have never killed him. Jesus is up front in your face. He's fearsome. He's rolling across the waves. I'm coming. He's like Ric Flair. Woo! That's the way he was, man. He was like, I'm coming. The wind's blowing his hair. I'm coming. Let me in the boat. Peter, come on out. Man, the water's fine. That's the way he was. He's not meek and mild. He's Jesus, God's son. And he seeks to step in the middle of whatever you're in. And he went hip deep with them. You understand that? And he was hip deep in the problem with them. And whatever your problem is this morning... Whatever your family's facing, whatever is going on in your life, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus wants to be hip deep in it with you. And he wants to carry you through if you'll let him. He is not some God that stands back. He jumps in and says, let it blow. I'm with you. I'm with you. That's what he seeks this morning. That's what he wants for you. He's the real deal. He helps those who are in a mess because they're following him. And you may not see him, but he sees you. And, you, and it may not feel like he's close, but he could be on the way right now this morning. He could be on the way. And I want you to know that he doesn't look at the problem from outside. He wades in with you. He's with you. And that doesn't mean that he always changes everything for an hour there. Jesus was in the problem with them and nothing changed except he was there. And this morning I want you to know that Jesus, you may not feel him, you may not see him. The disciples couldn't see him, but he could see them. You may not be able to see Jesus, but he sees you.
You may not be able to feel him, but he's in the midst of the problem with you. And it may just be a moment before everything changes. Maybe you're in a storm this morning. You've been following God, been doing everything God told you to do. And you ended up smack dab in the middle of a storm. Jesus sees you and he says to you, it's me, I'm here, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. It doesn't mean that he's going to fix it right now, it doesn't mean that anything's going to change, but he says, don't be afraid, stop being frightened, I'm here. Do you feel like you've followed God into a storm this morning? You're ready for it to stop. Just ready for things to get back to normal, but it doesn't stop. I want to tell you something. Keep rowing this morning. Stay the course. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't give in. Keep keep rowing. Jesus is on his way. That's what gives me hope this morning. Jesus sees us. He knows what's going on. He knows what's happening. He's in the storm with us. And his word says he never leaves us or forsakes us. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be afraid. No matter what you're going through this morning, no matter what you have fear of, it doesn't mean that things are going to change, but the word says that we don't have to fear. Anybody dealing with fear this morning? And you just, the only thing he promises here is says, do not be afraid. And after that, it changed. But he just said right there in the midst of it, don't be afraid. Jesus sees you. But you may not see him. I want us to stand this morning. Sometimes, I want you to come, Lance. Sometimes I just need to see Jesus. Lord, I remember what you told me. And I'm going where you told me to go. And I'm following you. But if I could just see you one more time. Maybe you could tell me again what you told me before. If I just knew you were here in the storm with me, Lord, that would help me. Can I, can I just know that you're with me this morning? Would you just let me know that you're with me this morning? I am not guaranteeing this morning that anything is going to change in your life. But I do know this. When Jesus walks in the storm with you, you don't have to be afraid. And he says, stop being afraid because I'm here with you. This is an odd message. I don't know what the response is. But maybe you just need to know Jesus is near. Maybe you need to know that Jesus is in the storm with you. Maybe you just like to tell him, God, where are you? I, I can't see you. Show me yourself. Just show me. I can make it through if you'll just show me. See, the word says everybody wants a miracle, but nobody wants to go through what it takes to have one. Maybe you're going through it this morning, and you just need God to show himself.
to you one more time. If you do, come as we come as we sing this morning. Does Jesus care when my heart?